we've been going through um, the Gospel of Luke, really just one chapter, that chapter four in the Gospel of Luke. And what we have found was that in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus begins his public ministry by practicing his faith. He attends synagogue, he participates in the worship life of his community of faith, and he teaches. Jesus returns to Galilee, he teaches in their synagogues, then he comes to Nazareth where he had been brought up and he goes to the synagogue on the Sabbath, as was his custom. After barely surviving, preaching and teaching in his hometown, he goes down to Capernaum and again, he goes to the synagogue to teach them on the Sabbath. This time, as we learned last week, worship is interrupted and Jesus speaks into the chaos saying, be silent. He attends a meal after worship where he heals one who is suffering before him. And then the title in my Bible for the very next section says, Jesus preaches in the synagogues. What we've shared over the past few Sundays is Jesus beginning his public ministry by practicing his faith, attending synagogue, participating in the worship life of his community. Then we get to chapter 5. And Jesus calls his first disciples. In this story, we don't find Jesus in the synagogue. Jesus is standing beside the Sea of Galilee, and the crowd is so large that it's pressing in on him so that they can hear the word of God. And Jesus, while teaching, well, he sees something. Two fishing boats and fishermen washing their nets. I'm going to be reading from Luke 5, verses 1 through 11. And as we prepare to hear God's word this day, let us pray. Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. In the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. Amen. So reading from Luke 5, verses 1 through 11. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Genereset, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with, them, with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore... They left everything and followed him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. 
Thanks be to God. Have you ever worked so hard on something that you finally hit a place where you say to yourself, this is it. I'm done. I got no more to give. Or you say, this just isn't working. I give up. Um, Or, oh, it's just over. This is over. We gave it our best shot. The ACT came up in our Sunday school recently, and I said, I remember, um, I remember after taking the ACT five times, making the same score five times, looking at my parents, looking them in the face and saying, I'm done. This is as good as it is getting from me. But I had an older sister who had made that 30 plus prestigious club, so they just knew if I kept at it, I would too. But like I said, after that fifth time, scoring the same thing, yeah, I was done. It was over. Now, it wasn't over for these fishermen. They would fish again. Um, But for now, in this story we read, yeah, it was over. And then here comes Jesus as they're washing their nets. He sees them washing their nets. He knows this means that they are done, and he says, Take that ACT one more time. Now, he says, put out into deep water. Let down your nets for a catch. I mean, you hear the tiredness in Simon's voice. Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. They're tired. They're done. They're over it. But then, Simon gives in, yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. I hear the sarcasm in this, maybe because I lean into sarcasm, I know that's a shocker for all of you, Um, but I hear the, if you say so, with the under the breath mumbling, but it won't do any good, you'll see. They put out into deep water. They let down their nets, and they catch so many fish that their nets begin to break. It's the tiredness of these fishermen that are about to be called that spoke to me this past week. We've worked all night long, and we've caught nothing. They're tired. They're done. They're over it. I mean, y'all, after two years um, of working at times harder than ever um, for churches, for schools, for parents, for medical professionals, for those in the food service, for our hospitals, for our mail carriers, for our truck drivers, for our pilots, for almost everything you can think of for how our world functions and moves because of COVID, we're tired, we're done over it. And yet, I almost dread to say it, but what struck me this week was Jesus standing on the shore saying, come on, put out into deep water. Let down your nets. Jesus still standing saying, come on, put out into deep water. Let down your nets. Now, I will say this is a passage in the gospel, um, one of those that we have to be very, very careful with. Um, 
you could easily, we could easily allow ourselves just to let this story kind of fall into the realm of the prosperity gospel. Jesus will just always provide the haul of fish we need if we just believe. You can make that 30 plus ACT club if you just trust in Jesus and pray hard enough. Story's not about Jesus, the miracle worker, who can make all the food you need appear if you just believe. There's more to this story than those first disciples pulling in the fish quota that they need for the day. I see it as a story of um, relationship forming. First through Jesus and the disciples. But then through Jesus and the disciples, this community forming that is these beginning glimpses and work of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. The beginning pieces of individuals sharing life together, trusting one another, learning from one another, leaning on each other. And not just any individuals, this is Jesus calling his first disciples. And I think we're supposed to see something, that in that calling, the calling that comes with these disciples, that in that, they're tired. They're done. They're over it. They've worked all night, and they've caught nothing. Now, this may be a little bit of a cheesy comparison to make, but if you've ever seen the Disney animated version of Aladdin, um, think about this. How does Jasmine figure out that she has met Prince Ali before? So go back to that scene, that he is the boy from the market with that mischievous little monkey. Anyone remember where she clues into this? Ali, Aladdin, reaches out his hand, inviting Jasmine to step off of a ledge onto a magic carpet by saying what? Do you trust me? And she remembers. She's heard these words before with this same gesture, hand reached out. She heard it from Aladdin, the boy from the market, who reached out his hand and said, do you trust me, as they were jumping from rooftop to rooftop trying to escape the palace guards. A moment that was the beginning pieces of forming a relationship. Jesus entered into the lives of these fishermen first by teaching, just by being among them. He's in the synagogues. He has a meal with Simon at his house where his mother-in-law is ill. There's a healing. But he chooses to take another step out into their world. He steps into their boat, then another step. Hey, let's do something together. Let's go fishing. Let's see what happens. Do you trust me? Simon's response does give us this impression that he's tired, that he just doesn't believe anything will happen. Um, But maybe it's a pretty day. And like the saying goes, a bad day of fishing is better than a good day of work. So why not? And off they go. And they pull in so many fish that their nets are beginning to break. Then we get another response from Simon. Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. You have to wonder what the weight 
was that he was carrying that made him say this? Is it simply Simon acknowledging who it is that stands before him and his embarrassment in not recognizing?